Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... Vampires from a Chimney! Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy, and my player and game master handle is Dagobah. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. How does Bruce know that? Because Bruce finally figured it out about halfway through the session last week and went, Oh, I know what that is. Because it looks like a battery. And when he broke it up, because Bruce has 20th century knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and it was clearly a lead acid battery because of the terminals that were on it and the discs that were lead and the sulfuric acid that burned you when you when, when it got broken. And also, you said something about there was a discharge during last week's session. What I want to know is, who invented a battery in a mythical game? So, first off, I said there was a spark, and then a shock wave. I didn't say it was an electrical discharge. And so, why goes? Why don't these guys have solar power and all that kind of stuff as well? And where is the nearest telephone? Is this is this a Bruce question? No, this is this is this Bruce is going like, hmm. This is not Bruce. This is me going, okay, you put some 20th century stuff in here. Can you really do that? It's not 20th century stuff. You are quasi-correct in some of your assumptions that the acidic nature and leading you to that conclusion is pretty close, but it's not... I I don't think I'd be able to actually draw any conclusions. I don't think I'd know anything about it. Yeah, this is this is mixed 20th century thing, but Bruce doesn't have a clue. He's just curious as shit about the the metal. Yeah, Bruce Bruce doesn't have a clue. But but Nick wants to know what the hell was. Yeah, what were you doing there? I want to know what would have happened. Were we going to get electrocuted? Was it some kind of you know electric chair thing that we could stick thorn in? That's some very good questions that probably could have been role played out, but you guys left. And we broke the other jar. And you busted stuff. So the file, you identify that one as well. It is a black stone file with a stopper on top of it. When you fill this thing with blood taken from a living humanoid, it has to cause 20 hit points of damage or from the blood of someone who's dead, who's been dead for not longer than one minute. You can then use this black file to transform the blood into a potion of greater healing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. 20 hit points. But you have to cause, you're either taking 20 hit points from someone through filling the file with blood or from a humanoid that hasn't been dead for longer than one minute. That's not a lot of time, is it? 
Who's currently got the vial? Click it. Not a vial. File. File. P -P -H -I -E -L. Sorry. What else we got? Sword? So there's... Yeah. Your sword, Bruce. My sword? You know what that sword is. You've attuned to it. Oh, wait. I've attuned to the sword. But I... That sword, you've had that for a long... Yeah. So this is the sword that you told, talked about in the backstory. Yeah. There's nothing to identify about that. Oh, okay. I thought that had some strange behavior that you identified a couple of weeks ago that I don't know about. It has strange behavior from the point of view of what your backstory was and the, the things that you'd mentioned in your backstory. That's clear. Yeah. But otherwise, okay. it is what it is. There's nothing else about it other than it's really difficult to handle and it's not very well balanced. Yeah. Way too long. Hmm. So I've got some coloured beads I want to identify as well. Since we're in a, an identify mood. So it's not so much that you find that there's anything specifically magical about those coloured beads. You just find out... I don't know, the, the coloured beads? Like the, the trinkets from the small dude in the forest? Apparently, yes. The ones that you guys um, dealt with who were... With the small bear? The baby bear? They are just colored Vaguely. beads. Yeah, they're just colored beads. There's nothing magical about them. Okay. And, I mean, from identifying them, you are able to tell, like, they're really not worth much at all. Just coppers, really. Although, when you're looking at them... Sunrise gets super excited sitting between your horns and he kind of flies down to your hand as you're looking at them and uh, holds up one that has dull colors, but he seems super excited to, to hold on to that bead. I'll give it to him. He takes it happily and goes back up to his, his spot between your horns. And yet again, yeah, yet again, my, my imagination when you say Sunrise is excited. I'm like, okay, the jump, the sun comes up, and it bounces left, right, left, right. Of course, that's exactly what the sun does. Why is the sun jumping? This is a magical world. Anything can happen. Yeah, wide little magic. Cowboy hat of it was me. The hat of wizardry. Uh, not sure if you guys had anything else that was. We did this sombrero too. We did all three hats. Yeah, the three hats, the file, the the armband, and the glass jar resisted, the Vrillstone resisted. I don't know if you guys have got anything else. I got nothing. Okay. So, Clicker ushers the rest of them together. Everybody except for Ijnamuj. Yeah. And sits down and this almost jovial, but obviously fake, to you, fake jovial behavior has has faded. And she seems very serious as she goes down into cross-legged, what was the name? Apple cross, crisscross thing position? Cross-legged, that's right. Crisscross, apple cross, yeah. Sure. And 
she looks yeah she looks at each of you so we're leaving this place are we not once we gave this back Well, I'd like to uh, claim what was mine and taken from me without my consent, but after that, yes. And I'm not leaving. I got a job I got to do. But since there's a bugger all chance of that being successful, I'm not sure what I'm going to do once we get back. Remember, we also need to uh, feed uh, that uh, fruit to uh, Norbert, but uh, hopefully. Right. How far, how far away is Norbert from Elm Twinkle? We can go back. Is, is, it a, is it a day's journey or a couple of hours? A few hours. Okay. I got a shovel that you can borrow to dig him back up again. That would be perfect. Thank you. And then we need to find Bashir. I need my book. I feel like it is going to be very important. I don't know who Bashir is, but yeah. He is the quasi-master of the slave caravan. He's bad news. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah, well. Let's see what happens when we get back. What do you think, Bolin? <laughs> he just I goes, mean, he has uh... to say something. <laughs> yeah, I'll... I think that sounds sounds about right to me. I mean, I don't think I'd want to deal with Bashir anymore or Lord Rishi, that prick. Yeah. But you know, saving Norbert. So would you, be... you guys, so you guys are going to go back. You're going to cash in your Vrillstone and all the other stuff, and go and dig up your 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 total mate, and then you're off. That is what I'm asking. The other option would be to take this, whatever we want to call it, prophecy serious, and take care of getting Savosi's realm back into place. As far as I'm aware, the um, that uh, prophecy or whatever you want to call it, it's supposed to stay like it is. It's a key. You don't want to unlock it. No, we don't. But they said there is an imbalance. And if they are right in this starlight court that created the titans and gods. She looks back to Ijinamuj. And then comes quieter again. If they return and they are evil, 
I don't want that to happen. No one wants that to happen. I don't think we're going to have it happen. We uh, just got ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. Do I know about the Starlight Court? You've never heard of it. This is the first time you've heard anything. Okay. I'll forget everything I know about the Starlight Court. You have some knowledge about Elmdwinkle because of the history of your people. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that you have much inkling uh, clan-wise with regard to Fey Quartz. This was just Elmdwinkle's lands, and your your clan was aware that they were her lands. Okay. I have one more thing to do. You remember this gray frog-like amphibian creature? The one that was talking to our minds in the dreamland? Yeah, that was strange. I feel this urge to seek it out again. Something about it is important. And they said it shouldn't be in that dreamland. There should be no way for aberrations to get inside. Is that what you think it was? Some sort of weird aberration? Yes, I'm sure of it. Honestly, I did speech. I did not want to tangle with one of those things there. They're, you know, they're nothing but trouble. Maybe. But it worries me that it was inside the dream when it is just a dream. This is what tells me that they cannot be wrong entirely about there being an unbalance. Well, that, me. that is that is quite possible. I mean, I don't know how someone such as ours can do anything. I mean, that creature seemed pretty impervious to what we were doing anyway. I would be willing to inquire one more time if Elm Twinkle stops talking in fucking riddles. At this point, I have nothing. So, I wouldn't mind making something. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you, Clicker. Some good points, Clicker. I think I have to agree on some of those things. Very interesting. Hey, Timoch, I... how did you get there? <laughs> <laughs> but I would uh, don't like messing with Faye. They're ridiculous to understand. Um, shall we? That was my issue as well. I am sick and tired of Faye. Yeah, their ways are not our ways, that's for sure. Still, should we get going? 
I think so. Maybe I can uh, kick like kick awake that um, that Bruce character. He's still We're sleeping. Talking with him. Bruce We're talking is going to make sure you were talking to him. Yeah, but he fell asleep. <laughs> he fell asleep, yeah. He fell asleep? What did I miss? Initially, for the long rest, he, well, the short rest, he um, decided to go to sleep. Right, but now we were talking to him. Clicker would have woken him up, and he was talking to us just now. Fair enough. Okay, off we go. So you start gathering up your gear once more. I mean, it's, it is definitely late at night. Well, not that late, really. It's, it's, I mean, evening sunsets in the jungle areas at 6 p.m. So it's really probably about 7.30 in the evening at this point. So you pack thing off, stuff up and Ijn Muj makes all kinds of a fuss about getting up, but he's, he certainly does get up and puts his pack back on and is, is ready to go. I have to tell you, Master Thorn, I'm, you know, I wouldn't mind resting more, but I don't want to be out here when all the creatures of the night come out. Very odd. Well, let's get going. I, we, he points and nods off and that's the way. And, and once more, uh, sunrise between your horns is just kind of more or less indicating the same direction that he points. I have. How are you enjoying that new bauble, Sunrise? He's clearly a lot more happy now than he had been when you guys were close to the cenote. He was certainly happy in the cenote while he was inside the pargan tree, but once outside the cenote for uh, quite a while, he was... You'd even forgot that he was there, but now as you're starting to clearly get closer to Elmpingle's Lance, he gets a little bit more excited as you go. And of course, Clicker, you can't see shit unless uh, there's, you guys are doing something about that. No moon or new moon. Oh, why is it so dark? Ijnamuj, sorry, excuse me, he puts a, a light spell at the top side of the backpack that sticks up over his head, so that, that all of a sudden creates a light, just a regular light, so it's the 30 foot, 30 foot light and then 30 foot dim light past that, so you'll be able, to, you'll be fine to see. So, Volan. Yes, Bruce. So why don't you sing us a song as we trot on home? Oh, well, Bruce, uh, let me get right on that. You can just take that song and shove it up your dwarven ass. <laughs> yeah. And you sing a song. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. So cliche, that is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. I'm a dwarf. I can sing that shit. <laughs> and not be called any names for it. So you guys are moving along and it's it's clearly a couple hours later. It's getting it's about 930 at night before you get to where as the night is there. Yes, you're seeing stuff in the grays and whatnot, but you can clearly tell that you're approaching some form of a boundary because the jungle 
changes in its textures and with the light being cast from the Ijnamuja's backpack, you can see that some of the colors of the jungle are changing. The trees are becoming more groomed, but they're definitely taking on autumn colors. And this bright sunrise, is start, he's getting quite excited at this point. And so he flies up from your horns, Thorn, and he kind of sputters a bit on his wings and he heads out towards his home, but he kind of stops. And then he kind of flutters there, hovering there for a minute. And he kind of comes back. And then he comes back towards your horns and he kind of pats you between the horns. You know, very much like, you know, how a humanoid would pat down a mountain. What a good steed. And then he takes off, zooming out of sight, a little trail of light going off after him as his wings vibrate at such a, at such a speed that it creates a little, very, very mild form of light. And he's gone for a little bit and heading right towards the the boundary where Elm Twinkle's lands are. And Ijnamuj is like, Yes, Master Thorn, we're nearly there, nearly there. That up there ahead is... We'll be just past that little bit where the, the, the trees change to the autumn colors. We're there. But then, of a sudden, sunrise comes flying back towards you, rocketing towards you, and he kind of goes right between your horns and just kind of like throws your head back a little bit. Whiplash is tight. You don't get whiplash, but that kind. And he stops there and he's shaking nervously and he spews off a bunch of words that Volan is able to understand somewhat. And he's like, he's talking about horrible plants. And not far in front of you, you can see on the trail ahead about 70 feet down the trail there's something on a trail ahead of you it doesn't look like flora nor fauna what are you gonna do anyone oh i was gonna say anyone wanted to have a look at the old um map because um i'd set up a uh, set of power lines to help with um with uh, Mick's explanation of uh, the old power system. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see if it's I can clear find now, that though. No, no, it's all cleared because you moved us. I moved you to a new map. Yes, I did. But the drawing should still be there, I think. No, I used it as a movement. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So... There you go. Does he turn off the light? He comes up and he's... Ijnamuj is like... Whoa. What's, uh... What's wrong with that... Sprite of yours... Master Thorn? He looks like he took a terrible fright. He's all colored wrong. Turn... Off... The light. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. And he cancels the spell, the light spell. And it goes dark. I was hoping, hoping to say that it's all okay. You go, you can go first. I can't see. No, that's all right. I, Master Thorn, I, not so brave. I'm not afraid to admit that. Well, just stay where you are. We're gonna go investigate. And Volan's like, oh, just a minute, I. Sunrise's words are something odd. He's saying 
plants. Horrible plants. I don't know what that means. And Agent Amuja is like, they kept talking to me, like some of the uh, vendors about there uh, who are running some of the stalls kept telling me about vine lords wanting to come in and I mean, you guys have heard of the vine lords, of course, right? No. Should we? Actually, Bruce, you would, having traveled as far as you had through the jungles, you would have been made aware through various encounters, through various villages that you've been about the Vine Lords and what a infamous group of creatures they were because they are actively, they're agents of the Green Walker who is still frozen where it remains. The Titan Green Walker is frozen where it remains to the, to the north, <laughs> the northeast of the capital city of Nangui. And as agents, it's fairly common knowledge, especially to anybody who's done any significant travel through the jungles of Kush, that their agents in terms of their main task is, as the, the Green Walker had been, was to cause the jungle to grow and say they are constantly out aiding the jungle to grow. And it's not a good thing because in growing, they are actively transforming, terraforming the land and its denizens, turning everything to plant, the jungle plant specifically. So, E.G., is there a, a, another way around this? I have, I never encountered problems like this. I heard uh, dwarf about these things. I mean, you, did you not yourself encounter them? I didn't. Yeah. I mean, is there another path that we can take? And he kind of puffs on his pipe for a bit and his eyes get this look. He says, kind of taps his pipe. Yep. Nope. Got to go straight ahead. Ah, crap. Uh, I can't see much to tell you the truth. Moonlight doesn't come down through the trees, and, uh... Is it moving? Is the mo moonlight moving? No, whatever it was that was ahead. I don't know. Sunrise didn't seem to specify. It probably moves. Sounds like a... Fought, fought moving plants before? Sounds like a monkey's up ahead, too. <laughs> Come on, you, you love those jungle noises, don't you? <laughs> Does anyone know how to make some fire? Yeah. With a torch. I got one of them. Yeah, I got a tinderbox. Me too. I have a feeling they won't like fire. So he takes a pulls a torch from his backpack, but he doesn't use a tinderbox to light it. He just creates a, a ball of fire that basically blasts out of his hands and hits the torch and sets it up a light. There's a torch. And you got light again. So let's give it to Volan and he can carry it forward. 
If you don't come back, yeah, Volan can take point. Yeah, and if he doesn't come back, well, no, it's not a good thing. Why do I gotta go first? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not here. Because <laughs> those who show up get a choice, and those that don't miss out, yep. they end up dead. You see that sword you got on your hip? Maybe you should use it. So Ijnamud just got that torch, and he gives it... Do any of you guys want a torch? I kind of like to keep it. So Volan is going to, I guess, sneak up. Sneak up. He's going to sneak with a giant torch with a 30-foot radius. No one will see him coming. No, Ijnamudj is keeping <laughs> the torch. I think it's 20 plus 20 feet. Uh, is it 20 feet? A torch? I thought it was 30. Yeah, I think it's 20 plus 20, just like the light spell. Okay. Someone's dog just exploded. Send the dog with the torch. <laughs> so, Volan starts creeping up, and he goes up to a point where he can see clearly and uh, he's only gone for, oh. for... Yeah, go ahead. I'll be behind, trying to keep an eye on him. So he walks up there. Yeah, I'll, and I'll go and put my life on the line too. What the heck? He stands there for a long moment, just looking. And then he turns and he comes back after a bit. You know, indicates to you, Bruce, to come back. And he comes back to you, Thorne. And he's like... um. You remember when we arrived in Elm Twinkle's tree? There were those creatures that walked us from the door up to her funny throne thing. It's one of them, but it's not moving. It's prone. I don't know if it's alive. Okay, let's uh, get a little closer. Maybe I can see if there's anything nearby that's uh, trying to jump on us. So I'll walk down the path and uh, keep an eye out and see if there's anything off to the side that's trying to ambush us. Okay. I'll lock the tokens. Token lock. There we go. Give me your perception check. Yeah. As you walk up, you do notice something odd. Not necessarily on the path per se, but around the path, you notice that there are these green pods. And as you continue to walk walk up, Sunrise just gets more and more nervous sitting there in between your horns. So when you get to there, and you're looking about, you can certainly see them. The creature that's laying on the ground is still not moving. I'll take a pot shot one of the pods. Okay. I think Volan's going to come up beside you there. Quick, are you going to sneak into the bush there? Mm -hmm. Your audio is a bit wonky, by the way. Uh, possible. Yeah. 
There's something weird is happening with my microphone. Pigeon in which walks up beside Bruce, taking his torch. There's that monkey again. <laughs> All right, you can certainly target the the pod if you want to fire at it. I know the numbers don't mean anything, but this pod is called Pod 25. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you fire at the pod. And your your shot is... I mean, it's not a perfect shot, but... It, and it, this thing isn't ginormous. It's like, even though, like, map-wise, it's taking up a five-foot square in terms of what your token is, it's still just a tiny thing. So it's about a foot high, but it's certainly... It looks out of place. And so when your arrow glances and cuts right through the side of it, it explodes, and you see a puff of green that seems to expand up and out about this far with that perception check well you know with your perception check you see that it expands to i will just draw a circle it's easier it expands out to a distance of 10 feet the green haze sits there and then it slowly drops down to the earth Anything else happen? As soon as you do that, Sunrise gets behind your horn and he's just shaking there, uh, keeping your your head straight to do your shots is a little bit difficult. And he keeps chattering on and Volan's like, he's really afraid of the those pods. Well, I'll make sure I get rid of them. You get... An impression as well, Volan. Like he's indicating something cold. I think it's ice. His words seem to say something about ice or or acid. I think. I'll take a shot at the next one. There's nothing else happening apart from what Sunshine's carrying on about. At the moment, nothing else is happening. Bruce kind of walks up. Ijnamuj, he gets up and he, he starts to see and he sees what you're firing at. And that one, you burst that one too. And same thing, this explosion of green happens. And as Ijnamuj sees this, he's just like, Oh, that must be what they mean when they talk about those pods, Master Thorn. They keep talking about pods and spores and whatnot. I heard it mentioned many times that, yeah, we do not want to get those spores on us. Apparently, this is a part of the way the these vine lords infect the area. And so he then will try to start blasting the area with... Does he have that, actually? I forget what I gave him. He's got Firebolt, I think. Either that or Eldritch Blast. Yep. So he starts shooting, actually, rays of frost, and he starts... All the area where you have blasted those things, he starts shooting it with rays of frost to start to um, freeze the pores. And as he starts doing that, Sunrise gets a little bit less freaked out. But at this point, 
you guys can give me a initiative, please. Is this a good time for a drinks break? Yeah, this is a good time for a drinks break because I've got to do a couple other things here. So, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so you want to talk to me about the file, huh? <laughs> yeah. So is this from, from any of the core rulebooks or is this homebrew? Pretty sure it comes from... Actually, here, I suppose I can tell if I look it up. It's not homebrew. I got it from somewhere. Oh, well, it could still be homebrew. No, right? well, okay, it's homebrew because it's not in a core rule book, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's one of these. I have nothing else to say then. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I always go. go raging about how fucking gamified and illogical healing and hit points are yep. and yep to to bind a certain amount of blood to to an hp amount when supposedly leveling up and getting more hp is just you becoming better at avoiding damage how how is that relevant to, like, why can a level one character not give enough blood or whatever? How is that? Well, it's not necessarily <laughs> blood. I mean, it can be considered resilience and, like, you're knocked around a bit. You're not necessarily being cut open or anything. Even when you fall unconscious, you're not necessarily being cut open. You might fall yeah, unconscious this, because you're exhausted. This file requires 20 HP of blood. Yep. So, I mean... It's, oh, okay. Uh, it's the wording behind it. That's right. So it's it's saying that in order for this to be able to do what it needs to do, it you need to pull that much from a person that is living and willing to give it to you, or maybe even unwilling. Maybe you steal it from them, which is pretty evil. <laughs> Semantics. Or you're you're pulling it. From I mean, have you looked at this party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know who they're going to take the blood from, too. I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> what really makes you think you are the one? How about Roland? He's big. He has a lot of blood. He's never there. <laughs> yeah, actually, now that you mention it, we could do it now. Volan, sorry, you're, you're 24 hit points. You only got four hit points because they needed your blood for a magical object. Yeah. So it's 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 twenty five hit twenty hit points of blood we take. Yeah. From him. Yeah. Can we get can we get two doses out of him and will they fit in the one file? We we take his blood, then we give him a short rest so he can heal up, and then we take we blood again. One hundred percent only mechanical bullshit, but I don't care. That's what we got. <laughs> yeah, it keeps keeps things rolling, but that's fine. I will say. It's it's kind of it can be abused pretty easily by oh okay we're having a rest in this uh, uh, this inn okay yeah let's use it now yeah I mean realistically yeah. that's that's where things like that make sense when you've got plenty of downtime that you could like well over the course of well actually I think this is it has to be at one time well it doesn't really say that does it blood is gonna. What is the word? Coagulate? 
and you need like that that amount of blood liquid in the file at once and then it turns into a greater healer really it doesn't it doesn't have some sort of magical blood thinner available of course exactly that and that's to me that's the way i look at it is that we all know that it's going to coagulate but in a world of magic and with this specific thing it doesn't and you have to drink it do you is that my face i'm I'm hyperventilating (laughs) help Please bring some sense to this world. The So it says there, the file transforms the blood into a potion of greater healing. So once it's been given the required blood, then it will turn it into a potion of greater healing. And we could decant that potion of greater healing into another container. And then we could sell them. Not quite. Or a shitload of money. <laughs> and I all agree. we need Healing is Volan. are pretty, uh, pretty expensive, yeah. right? Yeah. We just get Volan and just keep taking chunks out of him every day. He recovers really well. And I we mean, retire. I wouldn't, I wouldn't object to, yeah. to uh, capturing each and a mooch and just, you know, doing that to yeah. him what's the, what's the current going rate for a, a, a potion of greater healing? Why would you want to do that to Ijnamuj? What has he done? He's helped you out of the cenote. Okay, you guys ready? Doesn't yeah. take Clicker's thorn impression seriously. That's what he's done. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to die. Oh. <laughs> he does die. He just becomes our blood slave. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear. We tie him up and we extract what blood we need. Yeah. Now, we don't like to be slaves, but you didn't like my mimicry, so um, yeah, let's tie you up and uh, let's drain 20 out trivia. I mean, sounds alright to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He probably doesn't even have 20 HP. So, what's happening? Who's going first? Is it Bruce? Okay, so let me turn on the music. There we go. Standard battle, battleground music. So, yes, first up, I believe, oh, should be Bruce. You are first up. Ah, uh, Bruce had already gone. Okay, sure. Bruce has figured this is a lay down, shit easy job. You just keep shooting these guys with arrows, they'll be gone, and we will continue on our way. That's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, I don't see any issues here. Seems like what's happening. Okay. Meanwhile, a 40-foot by 40-foot creature rises up from where the uh, pods (laughs) were. Because that's actually... um, one of its antenna, and it was very unhappy yeah. to receive arrows in it. Standing where you are, Thorn, all of a sudden you see... Oh, look at that. Dropped to 20. Wow. From off to the woods to your northeast, you see some things coming flying out of the woods, and they pierce into you. Wow, so I didn't see where these people were hiding before with my 24 perception. No. They 
No. That's just saying. Yes, I know what you're saying. And things have happened since then. DM stuff. Okay, go on. Yep. Just to, just to clarify stuff, is he bleeding? So you got hit <laughs> from some stuff came out and smashed into you. I should be able to see them now, though, right? After the attack. Liquor leaves her hiding place with a with a black file in hand, and she's just running over to Thorn. <laughs> Give me that! I just want to know if he's bleeding. Yeah. Throw me the file! <laughs> I'm next to him. I can catch the blood. So when this little sliver kind of comes out and smashes into you, it explodes on impact, and everything within 10 feet of you has to make a dexterity saving throw. So that's just Bruce. Ten. Hmm. Uh, and me as well. Yeah. Every creature in affected area other than original target. So yeah, sorry, you're fine. Alright. Bruce, you take from the shrapnel, you take one damage. Sick. And at that point, Thorn, looking back, you're able to see a creature that looks like this inside the trees. It is a horrible looking, it's small, it's not medium sized, and it is a horrible mix of plant and whatever it had been prior, or maybe this is what it always is, but vines extrude and intrude upon amongst all of its orifices. Not its belly button. Oh, come on. It kind of looks like it to me, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Look at it. He's got an innie and there's nothing coming out of there. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's its turn. Clicker. Were you sneaking? Can yeah, can I try to? I mean, and Sir Crossbow is also ready, of course. Can I try to sneak off the trail? Though you are at in difficult terrain through the jungle, so you are moving at half speed. So you're already half speed already. So you're half speed again. Uh huh. So I'm not sure what that is now, but it's pretty Eight. slow. So eight, basically, eight feet, eight feet will be ten, ten feet. I'll round it up. Okay. Or no, I think it always rounds down. So sorry, yeah, you'll only be able to go yeah, five feet. I think feet. it's yeah. I think it's just one square. Yeah, one square. I okay. guess it doesn't matter though because I have disadvantage on attacks anyway. Hmm. So I may as well shoot over my first range increment, and she's gonna try to shoot at the plant wait did it move at all so far this one here the one i'm targeting yeah oh no it hasn't moved at all it hasn't moved at all so yep. i'm not gonna shoot that can i see the small plant dude from where you are no do i have line of sight to the last pod in the back yes Okay, well, that's still within the second inc uh, range increment, and she's gonna take a shot. 
Well, if it's yeah between the two ranges, then it's it's fine. Yeah, there's no disadvantage yep. other than being yep. exhausted. Okay. And you managed nice. to hit it. Wow, minimum damage. It's enough. And it too explodes on impact, and more of the green gets everywhere. How come I deal for extra damage with a hand crossbow? My dexterity should not... That's your dex modifier, isn't it? Your dex modifier. Does that add to damage with a crossbow? Yep. Okay. Didn't know. Yep. Cool. So yeah, you fire your thing. It kind of wave. Well, I mean, it's, it's a crossbow, so it doesn't waver as it goes. But you just skim through the top half of that pod. But it was enough of a slicing through the pod that it causes it to burst. And more of the greenness explodes out and slowly begins to sift downwards. Clicker moves five feet and then tries to hide again. All right, Slightly leader. altering her position. Yep. Oh, look at that. Mm, a 19 and a 20. At dis yeah, at disadvantage. Nice. This is Ivan. I'm 28, and I'm the community manager of Hammerdog Games. And I'm going to be playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn, the Tiefling Bard. Hi, my name's Mick, and I'll be playing Bruce, or Bert, or Bob, Congo, Bingo, Barabbas, Bartholomew, Barry, Bird. Hi, my name is Ryan, also known as Unlucky Geek on Mixer. I'll be playing the Trollkin Warlock named Valen. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at Facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.